0: Alright, so if you're here this, uh, this evening and uh, some of you, are, well not if you're here, you are here and some of you are into Jesus and all that kind of stuff, some of you are, are still checking him out and checking out Christianity and all that stuff, um, regardless of where you are in faith and in life, I've said this over and over and over again, but allow me to say it just one more time, welcome, thanks for being here, um, glad you're here. We can start with a sermon slides, Jackson, because, oh, you want me to announce a podcast? Is that what you're you're doing? Is that your subtle hint? Uh, We have a podcast, and if you you listen to podcasts, we are on Spotify and Google and iTunes. You can easily find us. Uh, Yeah, just search for SEF student, uh, and you can catch up on past messages that we've done. We do uh, an extra bit as well throughout the week, which features Evan's own music. Thank you for that, Evan. Not to embarrass you, but I will anyways Uh, And so listen to that if you want to um, And leave a review and and send in questions last week. We answered some questions that were asked uh, How are babies made which we went to great detail about that? So you'll want to listen to that Uh, We also talked we talked about Marvel and DC and all that kind of fun stuff Uh, What I want to do over the next three weeks is a couple things number one I want to create a safe place for us to investigate The claims and the teachings of Jesus what did Jesus say why did Jesus say it let's look at that and talk about that starting tonight we're starting uh, a series called as you can see called go Uh, and I want to try something different as you can see there's brochures or pamphlets or bulletins or whatever you want to call it this is a place for you to write notes uh, not to each other but for yourself (laughs) Um, this is a place for you to keep track of the points and and hopefully go back later on throughout the week and and uh, maybe review it and something like that there is a doodle section which caleb wilson got really excited about and so you can play tic-tac-toe against yourself or or hangman or whatever um so we'll go we'll see what happens as we begin begin this series i want to give you a challenge and it's a challenge that we're going to unpack for the next three weeks it's a challenge to go three times in the bible is recorded that jesus told somebody to go first one is this, go and do the same. Uh, that's the first one in, on, on your list, should Should be go and do the same. It's one of the ways that Jesus tells uh, his followers and also us to go and do the same. The second one uh, is go and sin no more. Jesus said this to a woman who had really messed up. How many of us really mess up? Yep, well, you don't need to raise your hands, but... Yeah, of course. I had lunch, not to embarrass anybody, but I had lunch with a student last week and they shared with me how they were, they were messing up uh, with stuff. How many times do we mess up? We all mess up. And Jesus says to go and sin no more. Number three, go and make disciples. Go and share your faith. Go and draw people to Jesus. Each week in this series, we're going to take up Jesus' challenge to go. And in our culture, we use this term a lot. We hear it, I'm sure, all the time. Go to your room. How many, how many of you hear that on a regular basis? Go to your room or go to a specific location in your house because you're in trouble and that's where you're going to go because you're, you've, been in, you've been bad? No? Just me? Okay, yeah. Naughty says that to me all the time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That'd be weird. Uh, how about this? You, you go to the bathroom. Right? We got to throw some bathroom topics in there because it's youth group. When someone gets really angry and they let out a profanity, they might say, go to, don't fill in the blank. Yeah. Absolutely. That's stuff we hear in the world. The stoplight says to go, and if you're texting, maybe you're not paying attention, and then someone behind you is honking at you telling you to go. We live in a world where we often hear the word, Go. Go simply means to get moving, to move along. Quit goofing around, quit not paying attention, start to pay attention and start moving in the direction that you're supposed to move in. That's what go means, right? You, you can go ahead and nod. There you go. One of the times that Jesus said go is actually one of his most famous quotes. It's from the book, book of Luke that we're looking at. And again, it's in the middle of your uh, pamphlet there. Is, are you sure? Are we, it's light enough? You, you can, we can all read that. It's not light enough. Can we turn the lights up, Jackson, please? So we can all read. That'd be awesome. Thank you, sir. It, it, we'll, we'll get more lit. <laughs> yep, I just said that. It's from the book of Luke that we're, that we're looking at today. Jesus tells a story to help them what it means to love others. I did a message or a series a little while ago and I was, I was reminded that in your small groups we had a, uh, a conversation about compassion and what that looks like. Tonight hopefully we'll answer that a little bit more. The people Jesus were talking to were, were religious but they were stuck in their ways. They said they were followers of God but they were focused only on themselves. They were selfish, they were self-centered, they were arrogant. They didn't care about anyone but himself or herself. Follow along with me in your pamphlets in the middle black section. The story Jesus told goes like this. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him up, and they left him dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A priest passed him by. Or a pastor, a religious worker. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and he saw the man. He felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these uh, three would you say was loving to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. It's an incredible story that Jesus tells about compassion, about the, uh, I I try to emphasize the word despised, about a despised person in their society who went out of his way and sacrificed some of his own uh, stuff to help somebody. You may have heard this story before, if you've been in church before, or even in our culture, in Canada, there's there's a law called the Good Samaritan Law, which means that if you help someone who's injured or hurting, you can help them without being fear of getting sued and so if you see someone in a restaurant choking on something and you give them the heimlich maneuver and you break the, break a rib they can't sue you which is pretty cool it's true i know a very confused look on your face i'm not saying go out there and try and give heimlichs to people and try and break the ribs on purpose what i'm saying is if you see someone in in need and you try and help them you can be protected by the good samaritan law This is why I love this passage, because Jesus is challenging us to be good Samaritans. Again, maybe something that you've heard over and over and over again, but a good reminder as well. Being a good Samaritan could be a game changer for you. Picture your school right now. Picture the people in your school, and not just the building itself, not the hallways and the classrooms, but... Picture the faces that you pass by every day. Who's lonely? Who's beat up emotionally, spiritually, maybe even physically? Who's failing? Or who's being perceived to fail? Who's invisible? Who's being bullied? There is a situation in my life recently, and I don't have permission to say this, and so I'll be careful not to mention names, but there was uh, a situation where a younger individual that I know was being bullied, uh, and uh, an older person, Isaac, can I tell a story? Okay, thank you. (laughs) So (laughs) I tried really hard to, anyways. So Monday Night Kids Club. We all, most of you know Aiden, he's eight years old, littler for his, or maybe I think he's little, but he's, he's littler. And he was getting picked on by a eleven year old, pushed up against the wall, being bullied. Bottom line. And I apologize for not asking permission, but Isaac stepped in, and this isn't a yay, Isaac. This is an example of what we need to be doing. Isaac stepped in between an eleven year old and an eight year old, and basically told the kid to stop bullying Aiden. And I don't think he did it because it was Aiden and he's my son and everything else. I think Isaac did that because there was a need there that had to happen, right? So who in your school is being bullied? And let me get really real for a second. If you're the one doing the bullying, that's a whole other issue, and that needs to stop. But if we're Christ followers, we shouldn't be bullying anybody. If we're Christ followers, we should have our eyes open to those around us and be ready to step in between... The bully and the bullier. Bullier? Bullier. Yeah. Bully. Thank you. And the bullied. I went to English class too. Who's stuck and hurting and lonely and lost? Guys, I, I have to challenge you. I want to challenge you to live like the Good Samaritan not just be a nice person, but let our love for Jesus overflow towards others to go out of our way and help and and figuratively bandage up those that need help. We don't walk around with a donkey, do we? But figuratively, we can put a hurting person on our donkey and help them get to where they're going. Does that make sense? Am Am I speaking over your heads? If I am, let me know. Three steps. I don't want to just preach and teach and everything else. I want to give you three steps to be a good Samaritan in our lives. Number one, prepare. Be ready. If we go back to the scripture verse, we read that the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine, and he bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. So the guy's traveling with his own donkey, and we read that he had olive oil and wine. The guy had wine with him. He's... he's I guess technically he's drinking and driving if he's riding his donkey, but he has wine with him because he's traveling, because he has his his supplies with him. I'm not telling you that you need to walk in your school tomorrow with a flask of wine ready to help out somebody. My youth pastor said, no, I didn't say that. What I'm saying is we need to be able to be ready with our supplies that God has given us to help those in need. What does that look like for us? Well, here's a couple. And if you need extra room, then use it in your doodle page or write it somewhere else. Your doodle page is all full. I'm sorry. Here's some, here's some cool, not cool, here's some interesting tips for you that maybe you can use. Here's some things that you can keep with you in your, in your saddlebags of your donkey, if you will, to help those in need. Number one, maybe memorize a few verses from the Bible about encouragement and love or strength. Look up encouragement, love, and strength in the Bible. Memorize those. Be ready to help a friend out. We read how the guy paid the innkeeper. He gave him two silver coins and then said, if if it goes over, let me know. I'll pay the rest. So maybe you have an extra amount of money in your wallet each week. $2, $3, $5. Keep an extra set aside just in case somebody doesn't have lunch or just in case somebody needs something. Look for people who walk or ride the bus if you drive. Ask them if they want to ride. Or if someone dr- drives you, be ready to just stop and ask someone walking on the way to school, hey, do you want to ride? And you don't know them. That's okay. It's a, it was, <laughs> I was going to say a bad word. It was pouring rain this morning. How many people did you, for those of you that drive, how many of you drove by somebody walking in the rain on the way to school? How many people drove past you that you knew they could have picked you up? Okay, well, there goes my point. <laughs> Carry a pack of, of note cards in your backpack and randomly write encouraging notes to people who might seem to need some care. Bottom line is this, guys. How are you prepared to serve other students in your school or in your community? however that looks. Number two, notice. First one is prepare and be ready. The second one is notice and, and, and have compassion. Scripture says that a despised Samaritan came along and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. What is compassion? Simply this, compassion is the understanding or the empathy for the suffering of others. Compassion is the emotion we feel in response to the suffering of others that motivates a desire to help. It's being moved so strongly that you want to help somebody. Compassion is the emotion that many adults have learned to suppress or the type of compassion that is only for the big things like the starving children in Africa. We have compassion for them, and so we give our money $4 a month or something. But do we have compassion for those that sit beside us in our classroom? Do we have compassion for those on our, on our team? Do we have compassion for those in our group and our club? Compassion is best showed in the small acts of kindness. And so be ready and keep your eyes open. We know from the story Jesus told that seeing isn't enough. If you go back into the, into the story, we read of, of two religious officials that saw the need and kept on walking. That's not having compassion. Compassion is stopping and doing something. If anything sticks tonight, I'm hoping this phrase does. Seeing is good, but presence is better. Be present in your friends' lives. Be present in your classmates' lives. Be present in your community lives. There's no greater act of compassion that we can have than to be with somebody. And that's, listen, that's going to take sacrifice. You're going to have to let some things go in your life. Maybe it's money, maybe it's time. We're going to have to let some things go in order for compassion to be shown. Luke says that the Good Samaritan went over to the man, which brings us to the third point. As Christians, we need to respond, we need to prepare, we need to notice. We need to respond. We need to take action. I want to pause right there and just ask a question as soon as some of you are done writing. So far, are these notes helpful? I'm glad you like a mat. I was looking for the students to respond as well. <laughs> are they helpful? We we staying on track? we paying attention? Good. Don't go down thumbs. That's not good. We need to respond. Most of the time, we miss people's needs. Most of the time, uh, how we miss people's needs is because we're so focused on ourselves. It's a truth, and it sucks, but it's, it's true. Like, the religious people in the conversation with Jesus, we only care about our next meal. We only care about how many likes we get on Instagram. I'm just as guilty as that as anybody else. I purposely post weird things sometimes just to see how many likes I get. How many of you follow me on Instagram? This isn't a plug, I'm just curious. How many of you saw the, the weird clown picture that I I posted, the clown piggy bank? No, you don't, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, how many, how many likes is this gonna get? How many did it get? I don't know, I forget. I can look right now, but I won't. But sometimes we only care about our next meal. We only care about our next appointment and where we need to go when we drive too fast to pay attention. Sometimes we care about too many well, how many likes we get on Instagram or Facebook or whatever else. Sometimes we think way too much about what our friends think of us. And we put those, all those things way above the needs around us. I've been where you are and I've come to you from the future to say this. Oh, I know I time traveled. It's amazing. Who hasn't seen Endgame? But who wants to? I won't ruin anything. Okay, listen, listen. I, sorry, I, I'm okay, I distracted, I'm sorry. Listen. Listen, I have been where you are. The leaders around you have been where you are. And we all, I, I apologize, leaders, but I'm going to speak for you for a second. We all want to say this. The self-centered life is a shallow life. The self-focused life is an empty life. When you love only yourself, you're going to end up all alone. Do we get that? No, I'll repeat it. The self-centered life is a shallow life. The self-focused life is an empty life. When you love only yourself, you're going to end up all alone. What if we become intentional by walking around our schools or our community with eyes wide open, asking God to show you, to show you people and places who are in need? Asking God to, uh, to show you people who needs his love. What if we become intentional walking around our community with eyes wide open and actually be aware of what is going around going around? going on around us. Do we do that? Or do, do we just stay focused on our our clique or our group of friends and never shall we look outside of that? And the second thing is this. What if we do more than just walk around our schools or our community with eyes wide open? But what if we actually act on them? What if we purposely I'll point the finger at myself. I have far too often seen a need in my, in my life and my world and purposely not made eye contact. Am I alone? No, I, I know I'm not alone. I have purposely not looked in the direction of the need so that I didn't feel guilty, so that I didn't need to help, Whatever the case is. What if we, and I'm including myself in this, started to make eye contact with those that need help? Can you imagine the change that would happen? No, don't look at each other right now. We all need help. I get that. Can you imagine the change that would take place? Even if half of us, if I split the room up and half of us Did what I'm suggesting? The other half didn't. But if half of us did something, and made eye contact, and and had money ready to give to the just here, here, I'll 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 buy you coffee, or I'll buy you a hamburger, or or I'll pick you up and I'll drive you to school, or I'll just give you an encouraging word. Or do we have the oh man? Do we have the guts to go to one of our classmates? Not even friends. But classmates, and, and that we know is going through a rough time, put our hand on their shoulder and say, Can I pray with you right now? Whether they believe or not, do we have the guts to do that? Maybe we should. We, we need to do more than just see the need in our lives and in those around us. We need to act on them. My prayer for you and for the leaders and myself, all of us, is this, that God gives us the boldness to step out of our comfort zone. Most of the time, God works the best when we are out of our comfort zones because we are more dependent on him then. When we're in our comfort zones, we're in control. Or we think we are. What if we step out of our comfort zone? Have eyes that see the need and then act on that. So who are you in this story that we just read in, in Luke? Are you the priest who sees a need but passes by? Are you the temple assistant who notices but does nothing? Are you the person who's been beat up by the world and needs help? Maybe. Are you the good Samaritan? Being the good Samaritan is a challenge for you today, and it's the one from God's word from Luke for you today. Three things I want us to do in my prayer this tonight, my prayer this week from now till next Wednesday, is that somehow, some way, we are able to prepare and notice and respond. And so in the words of Jesus that we just read, go, key theme for this series, and do the same. Do as you've just heard. Do as you've just read. Do as you've doodled and made notes and kept track of everything. Go and do the same. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for your word tonight. For some of us, I thank you that it's a reminder of what we're called to do in your name. God, for some of us, it may be the first time we've heard it, and so I, I pray that it sparks something, that it's it's uh, it's maybe piqued an in interest, that uh, we, we need to, if we're going to follow you, that, that this is what we need to do. God, my prayer uh, for all of us, myself included, this week is that... God, you give us the courage we need to share your love. God, you open up our, our not our physical eyes, but our emotional and spiritual eyes, God, so that we can see past the masks that people wear, the facades, God, that we can see what's really going on in people's lives. God, give us the courage to uh, prepare ourselves to serve, whether it be financially or with time or with encouraging words. God, give us ways to share with our community, our classmates, our friends, our circles. God, may we share with them who you are.